All righty, Dave Sturcio, thanks for being here today, host of Shop Sports. What's going on, man? What's going on, man? It's been a long time coming. I've been waiting for this invite. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. Actually, it was last November, I want to say. You were speaking in my uh, my Be- Thomas Benty, his yeah. uh, his class. I remember you guys came in, mm-hmm. and I was, I was the only dork that raised their hand when you said that uh, you were a <laughs> professional wrestling fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been doing that for, uh, or at least a fan since I can remember. So it's been, it's been a while, but, uh, yeah, man, I had a great time talking to all you guys. And, um, now I've seen your growth and it's, it's very rewarding, man, to see you like just kicking ass at this podcast game. It's not easy. Everybody has one. Everybody has a podcast. It seems like, you know, and it's a matter of just, you know, keep grinding and stay consistent and you don't have to, uh, don't worry about anybody else. Just kind of do you stay in your mm-hmm. lane, you know? Yeah. Where, where are you based in for anyone uh, curious about like studio? Uh, my studio chop studios is located in Matawan, New Jersey. So mm-hmm. it's uh, right down exit 120 off the parkway in case anybody's familiar with the parkway. Um, it's never a, never a breeze to get down here. I mean, especially in the summer, but now that we're kind of out of the summer, it's a, it's a nice little ride from uh, my home. Yeah. I'm familiar with that main, uh, specifically mainly because I'd be remiss to not bring up is big Ed's is like not too far from there. Right down the street. Yeah, right down the street. Yeah, <laughs> is that uh, is that one of your go to uh, spots? No, I'm not. You know, everybody always says that. It's funny you bring it up because everybody was, talks about Route 34 in Matawan. They're like, ah, big heads. I'm like, I'm a pizza guy, man. I, I like my good pizza. There's Armano's Pizza around the corner. There's there's a lot of cool, a lot of good pizza spots. There's MJ's, a good bar down the street. Um, for you know your sports games and drinking your beers and everything like that. So um, but yeah, I'm not not a huge big heads guy, but I know a lot of people that are. Is, is this a hot take if I say that New Jersey pizza is kind of right on par with New York? Because I think New York garners a lot of the headlines. But for me personally, from experience, I feel like New Jersey is really not that far behind. You know, it's funny. I am a pizza expert. Um, you know, I should have had the idea before Portnoy, but he took over and he, he's been doing his thing. But um, yeah, no, I, I, I agree because there's been plenty of times in my in my wrestling uh, life that I've traveled to Brooklyn and I've traveled to the Bronx and traveled to different boroughs of New York, Staten Island, um, to wrestle or, or announce or do any of that stuff. And I've always made it a point to, to try their pizza. Um, Brooklyn's good, you know, Brooklyn's up there. Uh, but you know, I got a couple places that, you know, they can't hold a candle to us over in Jersey. So I'm going to lean on New Jersey right now as uh, being Supreme. Um, but yeah, New York's there. I mean, why not? Mm-hmm. Gotta give him some love, I guess. You got any shameless plugs as far as pizza goes in uh, New Jersey that you want? Yeah, yeah. Jersey, off? Jersey Boys Pizza over in uh, Avenel and Strawberries Pub has been my go-to place since I was a little kid. I'm talking like little yay high, little guy, five, six years old. Strawberries Pub has been just aces uh, for my entire life. Yeah, Hoboken. Uh, I'm not too far from there. They've got quite a few uh, good pizza joints over there. Mm. Been. Yeah, no, I've been to Hoboken. I just haven't ventured to the pizza spot. So now now I have a goal. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, since uh, the main reason why we're here is obviously wrestling. And Mm. um, I know that you've dealt both on the uh, commentating slash talking end of the spectrum and also have gotten in the ring yourself throughout the course of your time venturing into wrestling. But before we talk a little bit about those avenues, I want to ask you sort of like, what was your initial indoctrination or recollection with getting into wrestling? It's it's the same story I tell a lot of people because it's so infamous and forever locked in my brain. I'm watching TV. I think it was a Sunday morning. I'm kind of flipping through the channels as a seven-year-old kid. 
and I stumble across this thing. I have no idea what I'm watching, but I know it's a it's a fake barber shop. And I'm like, what is this? You know, like, and it just so happened to be the episode where Brutus the Barber Beefcake had both uh, Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty uh, on the show. Sean turns on Marty, throws him through the plate glass window, and I was like, bro, I don't know what I just watched, but that was incredible. And I became a Shawn Michaels big-time Mark boy for Shawn Michaels. He became my instant hero. Uh, and I don't know why I gravitated towards the bad guy. You know, like, yeah. that was kind of like, yeah. you know, I felt so bad for Marty um, because, you know, his career never really panned out to be as good as Shawn's. Um, but I was a big Shawn Michaels guy, and, and ever since then, I just kind of picked it up and, and never stopped. And my, my father took me to see... Uh, no holds barred before I even knew exactly what I was watching. It was, you know, Hulk Hogan and Zeus mm -hmm. and all this other stuff. So I, uh, I just kind of adopted that. I'm, you know, I'm a 38 year old man. So like, I'm a little young, uh, a little older than you. So my, uh, my history of wrestling goes a little bit farther back, but yeah, that's where kind of where it all started. Wow. That's, that's gotta be like probably one of the better things. If you're going to see anything for the first time mm -hmm. seeing that, cause many argue that might be like the greatest heel turn in like the history of professional wrestling yeah and it was also when super kicks would take you out for a little bit longer and instead of yeah. uh, just uh, instead of just being like a weird just yeah now hope spot a, you know like a pinch on the arm now right <laughs> at this point it's like super kick. Okay. okay great yeah i mean that'd be a good segue too since um what are you in terms of like your wrestling uh viewing because we talk now just about super kicks kind of not being able to put people down the same way they once did mm -hmm. are you like really big psychology guy or do you don't really are you don't really care meticulously about how professional wrestling um right now i mean this is the way i've always been it's a weird thing man i have like this little nuance for for hype and when i say hype i mean like tell me a good story in wrestling give me a really cool vignette or a really cool like promo hype package. Like if you go back, the greatest hype package I think of all time, and I don't think it's close, is The Rock in Austin, My Way by Limp Bizkit. Nothing ever touches that. I think that's one of the greatest builds of all time. And I think that, that that's, that's what the premise of professional wrestling should be is a good story with a good culmination, maybe a turn here and there, or a, or a, everybody's like, oh, it's going to go here, and then it just completely swerves you. Um, that's the best part of wrestling. Wrestling as a physical sport, you know, like that's, again, that's, if you're gifted and you learn and you, you're trained and brought the right way, some of the best, best matches you'll ever see, I mean, some of the greatest performers you'll ever see is in professional wrestling. And um, I just think that, you know, storytelling has always been my thing over the physicality. I think it also varies too a lot with like the level of wrestling you're on. Cause a lot of like the younger guys, like in terms of audience uh, speaking, they're not really able to like mentally grasp like storytelling yet. If that makes sense. Like they might like what they're seeing on screen, but they're not able to like pinpoint like what it is that they like. Right. So I guess like when you become like more seasoned and like you, you know, get older, you're able to kind of like dissect mm -hmm. things a little better. Cause I remember like I grew up, basically towards like the tail end of the ruthless aggression era and i would just like <laughs> I, I would just so watch old. yeah <laughs> I, I would just watch things and i'd be like oh like i like this person but like i wasn't able to like really decipher why like i grew mm. up a really big cena fan during mm -hmm. his prime and then i found like around you know 2013 to 16 i started rooting against him once i was like old enough to really grasp like heel face dynamics so I guess it kind of just depends on like your level of your wrestling. How long would you say if you're able to pinpoint for you 
where um, the nuances with the stories became like something you, you know, were able to. I want to say, you know, dating back and obviously, like I said, and just continue to be hammered over the head is that I'm so much older than you. But <laughs> I uh, the attitude era was was incredible um, during that you had you had like these two hour raws, but they were jam packed with stories you know, whether it be the Nation of Domination or DX or anything like that. I was a big WWE guy. I wasn't a big WCW guy, but also WCW had the NWO era, you know, that whole thing. So the stories just, they kind of told themselves. Um, I feel like stories in WWE have always been top-notch. You can never really top them. Um, even now, I just feel like AEW's out there doing a very, very good job um, of, of the wrestling. Uh, I think that their storytelling needs a little work, but I think they know that too, and I think they're still relatively new. So they're still, mm -hmm. you know, the new kids on the block. They can, they have time to mature. But um, as far as WWE, I think yeah, I think right after the Shawn Michaels thing in ninety, I think it was ninety two, um, ninety six, ninety seven, ninety eight, when they start bringing in DX, Mike Tyson, Stone Cold, you know, the Vince McMahon mm -hmm. stuff, like all that shit was so captivating. Um, that that's exactly where I kind of started with all that. And I was like, man, I just really like a really good story because it gets you to tune back in the following week. You know, you can yeah. see all the wrestling in the world and there's a, uh, again, match after match after match. There's greatest matches of all time. Um, but the storytelling is what really got me in. Do you notice like a glaring difference? Cause for me, I, I could kind of tell like now with stories, they're kind of like more slow burning now where we're currently sitting with the present product. Do you notice that, like, once, for you at least, when Triple H went into the role of head of creative a little over a year and a half ago, do you notice, like, a difference between the on-screen product for you personally, or is it not as glaring? Yeah, no, it is, because I know Vince McMahon had himself set in his ways as far as, like, the kind of guy he would want to put over. Mm -hmm. um, and then Triple H came in there and said, you know what, you could probably give it to these guys too, you know what I mean? And yeah. And I think they have dropped the ball with a lot of guys, unfortunately. And I just actually posted a reel today talking about it on the Fight Factory that, you know, the release of Dolph Ziggler is like criminal. You know what I mean? And there he is. Like he, dude, Dolph Ziggler is one of the most gifted guys. And I almost think this isn't like a conspiracy theory or anything like that, but I almost feel like since Triple H and Sean have been so involved in creative that they also saw a lot of both of them in Dolph Ziggler so they almost felt like we can't have another one of us or he might be better you know what I mean so it's like they they put the brakes on this guy multiple times over I was there for his cash in against Del Rio one of the loudest pops I've ever heard ever and um yeah so like their storytelling is great but I feel like they also dropped the ball and God rest his soul Bray Wyatt like they couldn't get that right and I just don't understand yeah. why he's one of the best talkers one of the best big men to move around um, it's just a weird, weird thing that they can't just get certain guys right the entire time they're there. And I actually did take a break too, um, probably around right after Mania 34 um, in 2018. This was like the second time in five years they went to New Orleans mm. uh, in the Saints Stadium. I took a break actually up until like last summer when Triple H um, went into that role because like I found during the 2010s, especially like the late 2010s, I found that like, they would push some guys that the fans liked, but then would pull the rug out from underneath them so many times. And Bray was a you know classic example of that. He was actually one of the main reasons keeping me tuned in during that time period. I was so like captivated with what he was doing yesterday. Actually, marked an exact month since we lost him. Unfortunately, it's been um, a month already. Yeah, I know. 
Jesus. But him, uh, yeah, yeah. Him. I mean, and, and the problem is they you they they also shove people down your throats like until you're like you're gonna like him, you're gonna like him, right? Like, and that was happening with Roman Reigns. I felt like they were making him. You know, at first they were making him like, all right, you're gonna beat the Undertaker and you're gonna do this and you're gonna it's your yard now and all this other shit, right? And it's like, okay, but like, are we believing this? You know, are we really buying into this stuff? And then it's not till recently his title run now is some really? of the most magical things you've ever seen. And he just he completely flipped, you know, where I dude, I, you know, I work out every day and Roman Reigns' theme song is in the in the shuffle. You know, you just oh, feel yeah. like you just feel like you're in Final God bar. mode. When yeah. like and this guy's out there doing his thing, he's like one of the best storytellers of all time now. And that bloodline stuff, that is just gold. It can win a freaking Emmy at this point. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like it's very good stuff. Yeah, I think had had Vince not run into some of his own issues last summer, I think we probably would have been seeing Austin Theory as like the next like hair apparent sort of. He, listen, he's getting a lot of great no, spots. Justified, I think he's justifiably talented mm -hmm. enough. Where I'm like, I personally. If he's getting kind of pushed down our throats, I'm not necessarily turning a blind eye to that right away because I feel like he actually has the talent and potential mm -hmm. to be sort of what they want their next like Cena Roman type. Yeah, guy. and it seems that it seems that we're getting more organic people uh, to get them. So like, if the if the office isn't going to do him any favors, we're getting more organic people to say, "Look, you're going to like me whether you like it or not," and that's what's happening with like L.A. Knight. Yep. You know what I mean? Like all of a sudden I've met him plenty of times in my years of wrestling and the dude is aces. He's such a good guy. And you're just waiting for that time for him to just pop off. And it's, it's popped off. Like it's very popped off. And now we're just kind of waiting to see, you know, what happens next, who he's going to rival next. Is this Miz thing going to happen? Keep going. And then, you know, he's all over the, he's all over the place, but sign me up for more LA night on my TV. I'm glad you brought that up because, um, the other night, they actually just um, it just got announced. He um, they refunded like a bunch of fans because he wasn't able to uh, attend Friday SmackDown. He um, he was set to be involved in uh, saving Cena from a bloodline attack, but um, allegedly he actually tested positive for COVID. Oh, yeah, I mean that sucks. But from what uh, it's being said, they're banking on him being cleared relatively soon. He's supposed to be teaming up with Cena against uh, Solo and Jimmy at Fastlane. So I like it. That, exc I like that it. personally excites me for all the reasons you just, you know, listed. Um, he's kind of it's kind of nice now because at least in my time, other than Daniel Bryan and like a little bit Kofi Kingston for that short like, you know, stretch, he feels like the first example in a while of somebody I'm actually seeing them like push that wasn't initially in their you know line of view of getting a push if that makes sense he made it he made it impossible for them not to push him you know what mm -hmm. i mean like you can't you can't deny a, a crowd reaction like that you just can't so like if the if the fans are doing the chants and this that and the yes and all this other shit and you can call him a carbon copy of some of the guys in the attitude era good because guess what if anybody's listening to this you're gonna here's a spoiler everything in wrestling is repeated and recycled and reused it's just a matter of how you package it you know so if you're talking about him being a a, a smash between if rock and, and austin had a baby and you have la night then by all means do that because it's going to be over and it's going to get the crowd going every time he's out there yeah it seems like kevin nash is the one that's really leading the Bro, he's one bitter old man <laughs> i don't really understand that i mean i've met him a couple times too and i just i never seen him as like that like get off my lawn bitter guy you know but like he just seems to be hammering home on this guy for no reason
Did you hear the the one line that LA Knight said a couple weeks ago when he cut that promo? It was sort of like a, a subtweet of what the adjective adjective. Yeah, <laughs> yeah dude. That, that that's back in the NWO days. Um yeah. because you know, obviously play is a verb and everybody knows that but kevin nash was out there saying like ah here notice the adjective and it's just like mm -hmm. you were wrong on that one kevin <laughs> sorry yeah w where are you at in terms of because this i see this is like a popular discourse right now amongst fans seemingly it seems like there's a chance that la Knight might be having a match with roman at an upcoming premium live event and people are kind of on the there's one side of fans that are like really happy about night getting put in that type of showcase but then there's like the pessimistic side of fans that are like well you know we all know he's probably not going to win anyway do you think that him being in that spot and just getting that match because that match in my opinion in of itself is like a really big spot just to be in yeah like, for him to get that alone is like really good indicator of where his career might continue to go um, but do you feel like if he's in that match and loses that that would derail him in any way? Or you feel like he'll be fine no matter no, what? No, I've never, like, when I first started wrestling, I used to give a shit about wins and losses, but it really doesn't matter. If you're in the, if you're in that moment and you're in that spot, there's a reason for it. Um, and to be honest with you, I, this is just my opinion and my prediction is that if they really want to go rock and Roman next year in Philly, that doesn't necessarily need to be for any belt. So if they really want to take the belt off of Roman, they can. And if they want to strap it to the most over dude on SmackDown, then do it. You know, like, yeah. I don't know when, but like maybe Royal Rumble time. I don't know, whatever. But like, if that's the plan and Rock and Roman are going to headline just as a, a bloodline type, you know, main event, even without any championships, which is kind of weird. But like, if you think about it, it's the Rock. So it doesn't matter. We saw mm -hmm. the Rock come back. We saw what he could still do. So I'm pumped for that. But yeah, give give all the praise to LA Knight and put him in all the right spots. Do you think that with The Rock, is was that um, – because I, I watched his McAfee interview uh, hours before SmackDown actually took place, and I found it a little bit interesting and telling with um, the way he worded certain things in that interview, talking about how last year or this past year's Mania was a lock, and then he had, had kind of seemed like a subtle hint that something big could be coming for, for WrestleMania 40 in Philly. Um, and I don't know if like this was strategic on their end to maybe if this match is, you know, happening to kind of wait until after the merger happens, maybe hold that, that off. Could, that could be a thing. But I also think, and I mean, like anybody in the, in the, in the, um, in the field of Hollywood, you know, keep in mind, there's a massive strike still happening where yeah. none of these guys are acting right now. That's why you're seeing a lot of Cena. And that's why you might see a lot of the rock going forward because look, these guys aren't getting paid anywhere else. I know. Yeah. They got the residuals and I'm sure they're set for life, but if they want to keep earning, you know, this is the way to do it. And WWE now has an unlimited bankroll being combined with UFC. Um, so, you know, get your money. Mm -hmm. What What would you do if you were the uh, booker here in terms of rock and Roman? Would you? Uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's not close. It's raw. It's rock and Roman at mania 40 headlining the, the last night without question. Um, if not, maybe night one, so you could put the title match on night two or something to that effect. Uh, but they're going to headline one of the nights. You you got to assume, unless they completely swerve you out on this one. I feel like a possibility on the table, and uh, this is obviously a lot of variables, but I thought of the idea of if Roman possibly were to drop the belt at the Rumble to, let's just say, if Cody's going to be the guy, maybe Cody, and um, then Cody could end up going on and defending the belt against 
Cena or Orton potentially at I mean, Mania. I'd love to see Orton back. It just seems to be an enigma right now to see what the hell he's got going on. And now they just fired Riddle. So it's like RK Bro is dead. No, that was something I was kind of looking Yeah, for. I mean, listen, man, that guy, unfortunately, super talented, can't get out of his own way right now. You know, just, you know, you put yourself in that lifestyle. It's, it's, it's not, uh, it's a slippery slope. So I wish him the best, obviously. But um, yeah, I mean, if anything, I think Cody's going to win the belt at Mania, not defend mm-hmm. it. Yeah, the whole finish the story. It's a long ass story now at this point. You know what I mean? Now we're just waiting and waiting and waiting. Check my watch, you know. Yeah, right. Like yeah. we're running out of time here. And so is Cody. You know, he's no spring mm-hmm. chicken. He's getting older too. But um, yeah, I feel like if they're gonna do anything with him, he's gonna win the strap at Mania. Yeah. Don't know how. Don't know against who, but he'll yeah. do it. Well, another guy that I think should be winning a strap pretty soon, and I know from listening to a few of your podcasts, you're you're a big advocate for this individual, Chad Gable. Love uh, Chad Gable. I think that they're doing a little bit of a because they just had him and Gunter's match a couple weeks ago. The one where Gunter obviously beat him and then to break the record. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're doing a little bit of a uh, hard times. How you, you kind of see with Cody a little bit with uh, Chad Gable, too, where I think he's probably going to be going through a little, you know, something before getting his uh, inevitable yeah. match again with Gunter, maybe at Rumble or Survivor Series potentially. But I feel like it's definitely happening. Yeah, um, I see Gunther winning the Rumble. That's, um, yeah, I, I think true. that's gonna. I think that's gonna be a thing. Uh, he was right there last year. Obviously, mm-hmm. they were ready for him. Um, but with with Gable, I feel like you know nobody sees him as this Kurt Angle type guy, and I do. You know, like a corny, over the top, just like a, a Olympian. You know, same thing, bro. This is what I just told you. Like wrestling is just recycled, and I got behind it. I'm a big advocate for him. I hope it works. Um, but again, you had him get, you know, I think he lost last week to uh, Bronson Reed. Yeah. So it's like, mm-hmm. a, what are you doing? You know, like, but it, maybe this goes back to what you just said, a little bit of the hard times thing and like make him struggle a little bit. But like, you can't, you can't have him have those banger matches and just all of a sudden like pull the rug out and say like, all right, we tried it. it didn't work. You know, he's still kind of over. And if he wins that strap, that'll, uh, that'll do wonders for him. Is it far-fetched to to say that it kind of feels like the Intercontinental title is somewhat of the top prize on Raw at the moment, or at the very minimum is like almost like neck and neck with the Seth's belt? Yeah, yeah. And and the more the more time that passes that we don't see Roman, you know what I mean? Like where it's been like I feel like we haven't seen him since the the last main event, right? Like he, you know, yeah, yeah. So that's that's kind of crazy. He's on a nice little vacay, uh, and in that time, they're they're trying to paint this Shinsuke story with Seth, and it's just like I'm not behind it as much. It's not doing it for me. Um, I love Seth. I love I, and Shinsuke as a heel is great. I just don't know if they're making really magic right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, an Intercontinental Championship story was definitely more compelling uh, than the than the New World Championship. Yeah. I, and I like it's the it's like almost the token rule with a baby face. They say like there's always like an end destination. They make mm-hmm. the declaration, the fans get behind it, and then you go and uh, accomplish what you say you're going to do. And I think yeah. with Chad Gable and his daughter crying, you'd almost be like a fool to not revisit that. Oh, so, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. a mania. That's a mania moment. So like people think like oh mania is so far away. Like not really, man. It's like kind of like six months. Like this is the pl- this is the plan. You know. Yeah. I'm with it. Yeah. Do Do you like uh, where the world heavyweight title is right now? Or what would you do maybe to – because for me, I've been saying for months, 
you haven't had Seth kind of be in this 50-50 scenario where you feel like he genuinely could lose. To me, Shinsuke just hasn't really felt like a viable thing. I've been saying for months, you got to turn Drew heel and start up a program there because that's something for well, me. Well, now, again, Riddle gone. So now that's kind of a thing. And and you saw that Drew did not go back to help the other night. So you're just kind of mm-hmm. like, oh, all right, that was interesting. You know, um, I that's a that's a really good plan because Drew can go, man. I've, I've called a couple of his matches. And when he was on the Indies for a little while, and he is he is as advertised. He's a freaking bulldozer. That dude can go. Um, so, yeah, that that's not a bad idea. Yeah, I feel like that's sort of like a 50-50 thing that the world title needs, sort of like suspending mm-hmm. your beliefs a little bit. Because I feel like if they were to run that match tomorrow, I wouldn't know who would be winning. I would think that's it's true. Either way, yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right. We talked about Ziggler a moment before. Do you see him? Where do you feel like his head might lie in terms of professional wrestling? Because for the last couple of years, you and I both touched on it before. The stop, stop and go pushes with him, it's not so certain, you know what his future is i know he's really big into comedy so maybe that's just what he might do and maybe he might he might his body's been through a lot he's been wrestling for 20 years um i do know a couple close friends of his then they kind of related to me that like he ain't gonna be hurting for cash anytime soon he's done a really good job banking all that money and so he'll be fine in that regard it's a matter like it's a matter of want like what do you want to do like you can now you have the freedom to do whatever you want now your schedule's opened up um so now you can kind of piggyback off of everything like um let's just say that an indie show is working on a saturday night now you can go to that city and say well where's the nearest comedy club i can go headline on friday night and double dip and do whatever you want i mean look what it's done for cardona man like that guy is just everywhere he's every champion like he's got 18 belts and shit you know so he's he's doing his thing and um so it's really about what what ziggler wants to do i mean it's it's up to him obviously and uh you know, freedom's there. I mean, he's one of the, like I said, one of the most talented dudes I've ever seen in the ring. So if he wants to get on the indies and go take over and go make a big living doing that, he probably could. I genuinely feel like he could go anywhere right now within wrestling and just be the, be not the top guy, but certainly one of, you know, imagine him, imagine him with a, with a promo with MJF or a program with, uh, with Adam Cole, you know, or something to that effect where you're getting like these two really, really good performers and they could just tell a story. And Ziggler, again, people don't know this because they never, he never got that chance to tell all these stories and shit. Some of the, one of the, one of the best promos he's ever cut, I think it was during his uh, run with the Miz. And it was just like captivating stuff. And for WWE to be like, yeah, that was okay. And then like, just forget about it is like, it's criminal. (laughs) It's uh, this guy, you know, it's, it's unfortunate, but again, he can do whatever he wants. I know the cash in too, like his oh, his great. run. I know there was a concussion in between, but he he was able to get cleared in time back when post cash in where he was the world heavyweight champ. The fact that like they had him drop that strap right back to Del Rio in his first defense, like I was like, what are we doing? Yeah, here? It's, it's like that it, it makes you think. It makes you wonder. Like, did he like? Does he have nudes of Stephanie McMahon? Like, what's going on here? Like. <laughs> What, what is what's the problem? Why can't he? Why can't no, he? No he got released. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's yeah. like, like what, what's going on here? But yeah. um, yeah, I don't know, man. It's weird. Yeah, I mean, I I wish I was in the crowd for the cash, and I was, I was the night before. I was at Mania. Yeah, so was I. That's a good time. Yeah, I had a massive tailgate that I had over there. That was so bad. Like I, I was <laughs> brand new into wrestling too. Like I was, I think that was like. 2013 2013 yeah so i was like uh 
you know, maybe less than a year into the business. And I was walking around like my shit didn't stink. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, I'm a wrestler. Blah, blah, blah. I was actually called by somebody that had connects. I could have been an extra at mania. Um, one of the, for Undertaker. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, I could have done that, but I got hammered in the parking lot. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> damn it. I, I missed this opportunity. Uh, but I was just trying to have fun, you know? So, you know, could have had a nice little payday there, but whatever. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about you then uh, when it comes to getting into the business. So I'd, I'd take a stab that your initial aspirations was to be a wrestler as opposed to commentating or was it? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, just like everybody else uh, who was in the business, I'm sure you started in a or on a trampoline, right? Like you're doing right. all this backyard stuff with your friends. Um, I grew up with my best friend, John. He uh, he and I were like, yo, Harlem Heat. Dave and John, like, it's going to be like, we're going to be the tag team champs somewhere along the line. We're going to be professional wrestlers. At some point, we were doing all the backyard feds and all this other stuff that everybody always does. Even the role-playing feds that you have on like online, like an E-Fed or whatever, we were doing it all. Um, tragically in 2007, I lost him and it was a weird transition for me. I was like, well, I guess that dream's kind of debunked. You know what I mean? Like, so, but I did spend the next like four years of my life going through a lot of trials and tribulations of what I wanted to do with my life. I was either writing, I had an internship with the, with the NFL. Like I was doing like little things here and there. Um, but all while, like in the back of my mind, I was like, man, I, I really want to give this a shot. And I don't know how. Um, so in 2012, I went to an indie show in Rawway. It was a pro wrestling syndicate, PWS, right? It was co-promoted by Pat Buck and a guy named Eric. And um, Pat Buck went out there um, and he, uh, Sid was supposed to be on the show, Psycho Sid, to take yeah. on Matt Matt Hardy. So I was like, I saw the flyer in town. I was like, oh, shit, I have to go to this. This is a great. Is it right in my town? This is going to be awesome. Um, and I went to that show and Sid no-showed the event. Mm. Um, so Pat actually took his phone out and was like, hey, we're all going to leave him a message. And, like, he went into the ring, put the mic up to the thing, and the crowd just let Sid have it on his voicemail. It was, like, the coolest moment. And I'm in the crowd. I'm like, man, this guy is awesome. Like, And then he wound up being in a tag match later on in that night. And then after that, we realized that there was a school opening up. And I was like, man, if this isn't a sign for me to, for, for me to get into this now, mm -hmm. um, I don't know what is, you know, so I believe I was 27. So I was very old comparable to a lot of these guys are getting a start in wrestling. Um, and I just kind of, they, they told me that they were starting school and I joined up and I said, I went to John's family and I said, Hey, look, you know, I know it's been a couple of years, but it's time for me to do it for me and him. And I'll go win some championships and dedicate them and, you know, and then live vicariously through him and me. Um, and, um, yeah, the rest was history, man. I just kind of, I joined Pat's school and just just started to do it. And it was just, uh, it was tough sledding, but it was fun, man. It was fun. Those first couple bounces off the ropes got to <laughs> yeah. Dude, I, I was so banged up after the first couple months. I remember, and I told this story on the podcast, um, I was ready to quit within like three months. I'm like, I cannot do what they want me to do. Like, I couldn't even flat back bump correctly. I kept hitting my head. It was just, it was rough, and I was hitting my tailbone. I was, I was just screwing up left and right. I felt like, I was like, how do I, how do I not know how to fall? Like, are you kidding, Dave? Like, go do this. And then one day we had a couple guest trainers, uh, Kevin Matthews, who was the champ at the time. He's still the promoter and booker of WrestlePro, and uh, Jay Lethal was there. Mm -hmm. And I kept taking these weird bumps, couldn't get it right. I finally slammed the mat hard as hell. I was like, God damn, I right, cursed or whatever, and. 
Jay Lethal slid out of the ring. He's like, hey, come here. I was like, oh, shit. And I was like, man, I was like, I screwed up in front of Jay Lethal. Um, and then so he goes, you know, he tells me, he's like, hey, man, like, what are you so frustrated about? I was like, bro, I can't bump. Like, I cannot, I can't get this. You know, this is so hard. He's like, well, is Kevin or Pat, like, yelling at you? Or like, are they frustrated with you? And I was like, well, no, not really. I'm kind of just frustrated with myself. He's like, bro, you've been doing this for a minute. If they're not frustrated with you, you can't get frustrated with yourself. Like, just learn. Just keep doing it. And that kind of changed my mindset. I was just like, all right, it's not going to be easy. I'm going to go out there and do my thing, and we'll see how it goes. And it was the first couple months, like I said, cracked ribs, concussions, couple along the way, all trying to get to my first match in September. I'm all, I'm just getting banged up. And I'm like, well, it's time to go. You know what I mean? It's time to just, like, nut up and just do my best and try to impress a couple people. And, look, those aspirations were like, I can't wait to make it to the WWE. It's going to be great. I'm going to be a millionaire. I'm going to be the biggest celebrity known to man. And the the buzz around my town was huge. Like I had local bars scheduling like after parties for my match. Like there was no, it was just insane, bro. When I tell you this, when you get into professional wrestling, a lot of these people that, I mean, this is just the way it is. It's the business. You are a salesman. you got to try to sell people around your town to come see you wrestle. And, and unfortunately for a lot of these guys, they start in crowds with like 10, 11 people. Nobody in the crowd. Nobody gives a shit, right? I, for one, had almost 2,000 people in the crowd for my first match. And I was told by Pat, hey, um, whoever sells the most tickets is going to win this rumble. And I was like, huh, challenge accepted. You know what I mean? And I told the town, I'm like, hey, listen, I can do that. I wasn't telling him that particularly. I was like, but. The more tickets I sell, the better chances I might have at, at being the one with his hand raised. And I think the the second place guy who came in second sold like 75 tickets. And I was mm -hmm. like, ah, that's impressive. Bro, I sold like 147 tickets. <laughs> Bro, I was going nuts. And then obviously it, it gets to that point and it gets to the game day. And I'm just like, I'm about to win this thing in front of all these people. I felt like there was a lot of people in the back. PWS roster guys, also legends. I'm talking demolition and like just all these guys are in the back and they're like who the fuck like who's chanting for this destruction guy and why is it so loud who is he you know like and i haven't even came out yet like it wasn't even a rumble time but the, all my friends were there chanting my name the entire night throughout the entire card so it was like i felt bad i was in a corner i was like i can't i'm not gonna show face like the well, these people are gonna hate me you know what i mean like they're, they're, yeah. they love me right now i'm not even out there yet um but yeah first match comes and goes I went a student battle royal with some uh, mixed in some vets in there to help us out to make sure nobody screwed up too bad. Yeah. And uh, I won, got my hand raised and it was off to the races. I probably not in the greatest way. Cause I felt like, you know, kind of like walked around like McGregor after that, like yeah. I'm the man, like, this is great. I'm on top of the world. Um, but listen, for the first couple months of my career, I was getting pushed through the uh, mm -hmm. PWS in particular. And, and it was a ride, man. It was, it was a lot of fun. They put me in like a, a faction, like three months in, like, I got to do a lot of cool seminars. I learned a lot from like Matt Hardy, Dustin Rhodes, like guys like that. Like I was mm -hmm. able to pick their brains for the first couple months and things were kind of going. I was, I was having a great time. Did you ever have any either scenarios like in your normal life where somebody kind of tried to not even, not necessarily test you, but like test the credibility to wrestling or be like, or brush it off as like, oh, this is, you know, scripted or fake. And then yeah, you kind of, have to... there's always, listen, there's always going to be the, the people that are like, ah, oh, it's fake. Great. All I keep, all I ask them is to just take a bump. Go ahead. Go find, find out how fake it is. I don't care. Like 
I would love to prove you wrong. And then, you know, there will be times where I'm just like, it's fake. All right. Well, here comes a chop. Tell me how fake it feels. You know what I mean? Like, and I would mess around with a couple people like that. And they're like, oh, okay, well, that was, that was, that was a thud, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I, listen, I, I really took it to heart when mm. I got hurt, you know, I was like, right. let, let somebody tell me it's fake now and I'll, and I'll fight you in the parking lot on one wheel. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's not, it wasn't fun, uh, around that time. Was was the injury kind of what made you want to pivot more towards the commentary aspect? Um, it wasn't that injury that did it. Um, I tore my ACL in 2014. It was like a week after I wrestled Hacksaw Jim Duggan, which is like my claim to fame. I'm like, oh, I can't believe I was in there with a legend. You know, I jobbed to him. It was like, I didn't yeah. give a shit. It was just a really awesome moment. Um, but yeah, so tore my ACL at practice nonetheless. So that was even so, so Stefan, uh, Trayvon Diggs doing it the other day at practice mm -hmm. for the Cowboys. I was like, ah, oh, I know that feeling. I, I know that I know not being able to be like cheered to leave the game or give somebody a thumbs up. Like everything's going to be okay. I did it practice bad botched move. Like I was like, this sucks. I remember landing. I remember everything popping. I remember like looking up at Pat, like, did I land? Okay. He's like, yeah, it was kind of funky. And I was like, Oh no, like something's, I couldn't move my leg. So I wound up tore my ACL, tear my ACL, and meniscus in one shot. And I was like, well, that there goes that for a little while. But I did have aspirations to get back, wrestle, and do my thing. And in that meantime, when I was down, um, I started my first podcast in 2014. I started talking on the mic. Now, keep in mind, I went to broadcasting school. I went to journal. I, I also went to college for, to be a journalist. So all this stuff is in the arsenal. I just never had to use it because I just never made it in that way. Uh, but Pat gave me the option. He's like, hey, do you want to you want to do some commentary until you're back? And I said, yeah, let's do it. And I loved it. It was great. Um, but then I did get back. Um, that was cool. The return was great. The welcome back chants were deafening. It was awesome, right? It was, it was just a really cool feeling. Um, but eventually, other issues started to kind of surface. And I was getting my head knocked around way too much. And there was multiple concussions. And I remember... September 10th, my birthday, 2016, I had a match with a guy named Christopher Avery Kuehling, and he was billed as this, like, killer, and he was, like, he, was, he was running through the roster. And if anybody's a Rocky Three fan out there, this is kind of where I was going with it. I said, let everybody think that my comeback match is going to derail this guy. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to be great, and I'm going to be cocky going in, and he's going to squash me, and we'll build from there. I remember getting a clothesline. Well, I don't remember getting a clothesline. I got <laughs> knocked silly knocked completely unconscious by a clothesline to the back of the head. I remember waking up, asking Robin, uh, the referee at the time, I said, all right, when's he going to, when's he going to clothesline me? Is it, you know, bro, the match is over. <laughs> and I was like, the match is over. And I was like, I'm looking at some of the fans and, and my loved ones in the crowd. And they're just like, they're teary eyed. They're like, is he okay? And I'm looking around I'm like, man, I don't even know where the frig I am right now. Like this sucks. Um, but it was like that moment where I'm like, if I want to have kids and I want to have a family, and I want to do all these cool things like be a dad, you know, like if I want to do all that, I'm going to have to probably, you know, take it down a notch. And I knew that, you know, since birth, I, I've been given a gift of gab and able to talk and just not have any kind of nerves or anything like that. When the red light comes on, I get even more, you know what I mean? Like a lot of people just freeze and they're like, oh shit, now what? You know what I mean? Like, but for me, Every time the mic is on and the camera's on, I feel like I'm at my most powerful. And I'm sure you feel the same way when you're behind the mic. You just feel like if something comes over you, like I'm untouchable right now. Nobody can do this better than me, blah, blah, blah. You know, like you feel confident. Uh, and I knew that was like the kind of the road I was going to take going forward. 
Um, I never wrestled again. That was 2016. So now we're seven years removed from that. Do I have aspirations to get back? Sure. For like a my way kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't go out the right way. I would love to get back in there and do it one more time. But guess what? <laughs> You'll, you don't know. And most of the people don't know. It ain't easy. You can't just get up. It's not like some people are like, oh, it's like riding a bike. Yeah, it is. But I, I, I'm at the gym every day and no cardio compares to being in the ring. None. Like the best thing I could possibly say to compare it to is just jumping rope for like five straight minutes and then stopping for eight seconds to grab a hold and then doing it again and going again and going again. And it's just like, dude, there's nothing that compares to it. So like that'll have to be a, a training session in itself. Um, but I've, I've liked I've really liked my role at WrestlePro and it's really opened up a lot of doors. Um, it got me to announce impact wrestling. It got me to, you know, Tony Khan might know who I am at this point. You know what I mean? So it's a, it's a pretty cool deal. Uh, and I knew that's where I was going to probably excel. Um, I wasn't great in the ring. I was, I carried myself like I was the shit, but in, in reality, I wasn't jumping off any top ropes. I wasn't doing any high spots. I wasn't doing, I did. I jumped off one time and I remember when I got to the top, it was like for a doomsday device. So like my partner had a guy mm-hmm. in the, on yep. his shoulders and I was ready. And I remember looking around, I'm like, damn, it's a lot higher than I thought, you know, like, and I'm like, well, this is, this is going to happen once and we'll see how it goes after that. And I never went back to the top rope after that ever. So, um, yeah, I just wasn't really built that way. I wasn't a hardy boy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I was a, I was a Brock, let's beat the shit out of somebody kind of deal. And then it just never, like I said, it, it was never that good. Uh, I didn't suck by any stretch. I just, I just knew my future in wrestling was probably behind the mic. Do you have any aspirations commentating wise to continue to, you know, progress further or are you? Yeah. I mean, yeah. At some point, at some point I was like, you know, I was getting older, you know, and I'm like, all right, listen, if they're not going to call me now, they probably will never will. But then like, I think of guys like diamond Dallas page or, or, or guys that like never really got their break until they're like 40 plus. And I'm just like, all right, well maybe I'm not too old you know like maybe maybe somebody will give me a shot and an opportunity um all my demo reels are are with the powers that be you know what i mean i know for a fact that guys like tony khan and the decision makers aew just because of my connections down there they've seen me you know so like if they ever want to give me a chance i'm open for it you know but then like in 2021 i decided to start my own business and that's you know that's when i went and visited you guys and i was just like this is what I want to do. I want to teach others, but I also want to create. So like, I can do this all on my own dime. It ain't easy. <laughs> there's plenty of days where I'm just like going home. Like, eh, I don't have any money. You know what I mean? But you know, there's also rewarding days, you know, rewarding days where people like today, there's, there's a shoot interview about to happen at my studio and that'll be coming soon. So I think there's a lot of cool avenues I can go down. Um, but yeah, I mean, if they call, sure, <laughs> let's do it. But if they don't, I'm okay with that too. Mm-hmm. Can you attribute like your your drive with being a business owner to anything? Can you attribute that to like when you were younger or do you think wrestling helped with it? Wrestling definitely opened it up. I've always been a very, very passionate guy for everything that I've ever done. It's like I don't know how to go half speed. A lot Mm -hmm. of people think that's detrimental to my, you know, my mental health, which that's taking a dive. You know, like anybody coming up in this business or any business alone, um, you know, you go through these these lulls where you're just like, man, am I, what am I doing? You know, like, what, what's next? You know, like who, who's not going to hear me tomorrow? Who's going to hear me tomorrow? You never know. 2018, 2011. I remember these, I was, I'm a multi, you know, multi-time therapy goer, you know, like I've, I've done all that, you know? Um, and depression's real. Anxiety's real, especially when you're on your own and 
you're looking around your office and you're like, okay, well, what's the next step? You know what I mean? And you really don't know when that next check is coming in unless you put the work in. But I've always kind of been that way. And I guess, you know, dates back, my voice stuff dates back to, you know, my mom walking in on me. You know, some kids, some kids get walking in on doing wrong things. I was, <laughs> I was walked in on like calling my own Madden games. I was just like, you know, yeah. Aikman back the pass, finds Irvin over the middle, you know, and she's like, who are you talking to? And I'm like, uh, myself, <laughs> you know, like, but that was me. And I, I, I always kind of embraced that. I've always been kind of a leader uh, by trade. Always like to be in charge. I've always tried to be the, the funny guy, the most entertaining guy of my group. And eh, it was not always the case, but like, you know, high school was rough. Getting bullied is a real thing. You know what I mean? But um, over time, I've always kind of felt that eventually things will click. And I still feel that to this day. Like eventually something's going to click where, you know, my studio will, you know, reach new heights or I personally will reach new heights or this podcast will reach new heights. Whatever the case may be, um, I'm constantly throwing stuff at the wall and I'm just seeing what sticks. Yeah, that's all you can do. You know, yeah. life's all about just kind of betting on yourself. Because if you mm -hmm. don't believe in yourself, who else is going to do it? You know, right, right. And and I look, lucky for me, I got a very, very, very good support system at home. Um, you know, I got two amazing, wonderful kids who think everything that dad does right now is pretty badass. I mean, they look, they're they're very young, but eventually, I want to look back and say, hey, look, dad was here, and dad did this, and dad did that. So that's kind of my reason why for keep going and going and going until my wheels fall off, you know, because it, eventually it's going to come crashing down where you're like, all right, dude, I can't do this anymore. Um, but you know, for now I'm, you know, I'm still youngish, you know, not that old. Yeah. So I still got some drive left and, uh, we'll see how it goes for sure. Well, I had a really fun time chatting with you today. Yeah, yeah. man, this was great, dude. I'm glad we finally connected. Yeah, it was a long time coming. You yeah, know? for sure. For sure. <laughs> I was actually, listen, when we first met, I was like, oh, he's got his own pockets. That's cool. I was like, oh, I'm sure I'll get a call within a week or so. You know, <laughs> I'm just yeah, waiting. Anyway. An email like early or the next day, maybe. Maybe like I and yeah. look, dude, I get a lot of a lot of emails from different. And then I saw like the guests that you've had, and I'm like, wow, dude, this good. This dude's doing all right. Like, look at him go. So, dude, if you ever need any help, obviously platform wise, or get your show out there a little harder, and then and you know continue to dominate. Uh, I'm more than uh, more than happy to help you out. Yeah, for sure. And best of luck to you, obviously. Is there anything you'd like to plug? No, just, you know, follow the studio, Chop Studios NJ on uh, Instagram. That's where we record all our stuff. You can follow me at Chop Sports Sturch on Instagram, Dave Sturch Show over there on Twitter, where, you know, the Twitter, Twitter's a whole different beast or X or whatever you want to call it. Um, I, I specialize in Dallas Cowboy banter over there. I'm a, I'm a passionate Dallas Cowboy fan. I'm a Yankee fan. So, like, the sports have consumed me, unfortunately, and that will lead to me dying a young death <laughs> eventually. Um, but I'm still holding out hope like a complete moron. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you can follow me there, and I really appreciate the time, man. Yeah, I've heard a lot of Dallas Cowboy banter over the course of my couple decades on this earth. So <laughs> yeah, I'm sure yeah. that'd be right up my alley as Tough well. Tough sledding, man. Tough sledding. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Take it easy. Have a great Thank rest you. of your day. You too. All right.